Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end zone, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game! When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get! Don't you ever talk about me! L-O-B! He wants to get in a fight, you can't do that! Quarterback, you can't fight! Uh, a wild weekend last weekend plenty to look forward to including Brady Manning this weekend welcome to Off the Balls NFL podcast joined as ever by Sam Monson the Pro Football Focus football guys Kian Faye and Off the Balls Donnie Mahoney uh, you're all very welcome lads thanks very much for uh, hanging out with us um, I said it was a wild weekend uh, one of the at NFL history tweeted four players passed for 400 plus yards on Sunday most of any day in NFL history Big Ben Rogers Foles and Luck uh Three out of four lost. So, you know, this is a passing league. Yeah. How many were on your fantasy bench, Joe? Only Big Ben. 50-odd <laughs> points in Flea Flicker. Well, that's all right. Uh, yeah, I've, of course I would have started Luck, Foles, or Rogers. I'm not a complete chump. I mean, Foles, they only, they only managed, what, 20, 20 points in that game? Yeah. That's league. I don't know. I, give me uh, DeMarco Murray or uh, Le'Veon Bell any day over those guys. I, I want to run the ball. I want to control the, t- control the clock. What happened? Why did Big Ben go so crazy last weekend? Uh, he just he clicked in a way that he hasn't clicked in a long time. He's done it once before where he uh, played against Green Bay. I think that was 2009. It was Mike Wallace's rookie year anyway because Mike Wallace caught the, the game-winning touch and pass in the corner with like eight seconds left or something. But he, it's just everything clicked and he, everything hasn't clicked for him in a long time because I would call this a, a very... Uh, Outside of the first half of week one against Cleveland, I would call this an anomaly, really, because I don't think he's played well outside of these those two big displays. And you add in um, a guy like Mark Davis Bryant, I think, is making a big difference for them. He's giving them a different type of receiver going down the field, a bigger target. As much as I, I'm not really concerned about him being bigger, Bryant has shown an ability to play the ball in the air down the field with, with relative ease that the other receivers haven't really shown. I think they are kind of clicking together a little bit better, but I think we'll probably look back on this and see it as something that really stands out rather than just the start of Rottlesborough going back to being brilliant like he was in his prime. Speaking of anomalies, Sam, there's this uh, weird stat. I think it's 11 of the teams in the AFC are above 500. You know, you're looking at the NFC, for example, and no one in the NFC South is above 500. Is this just a cyclical thing where a bunch of teams get good around the same time? competition in a particular division drives each other. Uh, is it is it a weird thing or is there a trend here? Uh, it's a bit of a weird thing. I think also we're still early enough in the season that, you know, being above 500 can be four and three, which is, you know, a team could go either way from there and they could end up the season, you know, with a pretty rough record or they could be playoff contenders. Um, so I think we're probably still just a few weeks too early to really tell. Uh, who are the, the legitimately good teams and who are just hanging around this early into the season with a, an okay record. Yeah, Are the Steelers one of those teams who aren't a legitimately good team? Uh, or is a performance like this against the, uh, the the charging Colts who had been not, not quite unstoppable, but who had been playing brilliantly in the last uh, four or five weeks, is that enough to change people's minds a bit? Because they're 5-3 and three and they haven't played well. That's, you know, sometimes that's a sign of a good team. It is. I, I didn't think the Steelers were a particularly good team going into this, but then that's a result that I didn't see coming at all. Um, I thought the Colts would win that game fairly comfortably, uh, but Pittsburgh really stood up. And obviously a huge amount of that is, is Roethlisberger just having the Midas touch in that game. And if you have a, a good quarterback who is you know, at the peak of his form and just has one of those games, you're pretty much always going to win the game. But that was a, a kind of statement win for the Steelers. If, if maybe that can turn them around, I still don't think they have the, the kind of quality on the roster that a bunch of the other good teams have. But you know, that's a that's definitely a win that kind of makes them notice. Yeah, because this weekend it's uh, the Ravens at the Steelers, and again the Ravens had looked really good, Flacco been playing really well up until last week, and then suddenly they stutter. And if they stutter back to back weeks, that's a lead, that's momentum, that's this uh, everybody was doubting a Steelers team who have a lot of weapons. Yeah, but 
like at least the Ravens are, you know, they're consistent in their results. When they lose, they lose close games. You know, they lost to the Colts, but not they weren't blown out. They were in that game. You know, they lose they lose to Cincinnati away. You know, that's a sort of a game. You, like, you know, that was a toss up game. Uh, Dalton runs it in at the end. Steelers make no sense. It's like they got destroyed by Cleveland, and now they put fifty-one points up against like the third best team in the AFC. I don't you, like who under they make the case that the NFL is completely every result is arbitrary and it makes no sense. And you know they that there's actually no point discussing any of it because it's just insane. <laughs> Turn off this podcast right now. But like, how are you, how are you supposed to? How um, any are any of us supposed to like? apply rationality onto this league when the Steelers can be can go in and destroy teams like that and and then next week possibly get destroyed as terribly you know I don't I find it frustrating and I find it great maybe the best thing about the league that you actually have no sense of what's going to happen week to week yeah yeah, I mean, even looking at uh, within games where the Atlanta Falcons in London, turns out Matt Ryan for half an hour is very good outdoors. Very good. And then yeah. for half an hour is very bad outdoors. Well, that, I mean, it's very strange. And, you know, I don't know, there's, it, it's just like, you know, there there are glimpses and things that tell you, oh, yeah, so you see, you thought Matt Ryan was bad. And, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe the Falcons aren't, are okay. Like, how are you supposed, where, where are you supposed to fall on things? I don't. I just find it confusing. Ken, obviously, we, we talked about the Steelers and that side, but the Ravens, uh, how big a setback is it to go to somewhere like Cincinnati and lose? Or is that something that you have a vague, you don't accept defeat, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's okay. Um, and that performance, suddenly the previous week, Torrey Smith and Joe Flacco had a connection this week, it's gone. Next week, you get it back and suddenly you look like your team again. I think they'll be okay because the division we're playing in, playing in is a division full of teams that you can't rely on, you can't, you can't predict. The Steelers, since Tom has taken over, have always been this team that will play up to their opposition and play down to their opposition. So they're going to go and play terribly at Jacksonville, they're going to lose in Cleveland, and then they'll play at home to the Colts and be brilliant like they were. The, 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 the Bengals and the Ravens are kind of similar in the sense that you can't really trust either team's quarterback. So you don't really know what you're going to get on a, on a weekly basis. So that's always going to make them inconsistent as well. While the Bengals this year, their overall talent on their roster isn't as good as it has been in, in years past. And then you have the Browns, who are still considered probably the fourth best team in the division, regardless of record. And they just you, you just you don't see the talent there on that on that roster yet to really be a playoff contender or a team that's going to sustain a high level of play for the second half of the season. I, I think the Ravens are probably still in the best position to win this uh, division, even though the Bengals have beaten them twice now, because I do think they are the best overall team and they have been the most consistent out of all four of those teams. All right, they're obviously going to have to uh, finish with some kind of lead at the end of the season to make sure they win that one. <clears throat> Pardon me, I want to move on as well, because uh, we will, of course, get to the big game this weekend, but we've got to look back a little bit more. Um, watching the, the highlights of the Saints and the Packers game, uh, I had I'd only seen the score and it looks like a blowout win for the Saints and then uh, three quarters of the way through the third quarter flick on and it's like actually this game's level mm. and then you realise it all falls apart where Aaron Rodgers makes a run to the sideline and comes back clutching his just below his ass where mm. a hamstring is gone and that's the end of the game after that from that on the, the Packers their shield of invincibility disappears like oh god this guy's human yeah, do you remember last year when Rodgers went down and how terrible they were for a while? Like, even now, I mean, he was, what, 50% with that hammy but done? And, like, they just seemed completely a different team without him. Or with him, you know? Yeah. Um, without but, him at full tilt. Yeah, without him at full tilt. The Saints, though, maybe there's a bit of life there. Well, Jimmy Graham transforms them. Like, is that is that too stupid a facile? They have this weapon. Mm-hmm. That means they have confidence. It's like he's the... He's their invincibility shield. Well, they also have this weapon named Mark Ingram, who is like is like a bullet with like eighty. It's like a gun with eighty bullet chambers, and it fires like once when you pr- pull the trigger. One hundred seventy-two rushing yards, pretty good. Yeah, uh, are the Saints alive and kicking? Is this uh, a point where they turn around their season, given how awful the NFC South is? I think yeah, well, they're at home. They're a much better team. Um, they're they're almost schizophrenic in that. They're they're so good at home, and so they have. When you see them at home, they they kind of look like they have done the past few years. But as soon as you get them on the road, that that element of comfort and kind of dominance just disappears, and they look completely average. So 
I think they're going to win games at home. It's a question of whether they can shake off the, the funk they've been in on the road and get some quality play from the guys that they, they can rely on at home um, outside of that building. Is, like, what, what is that? How, how does a team, particularly this group, who have within the, the building the knowledge of how to go and win a Super Bowl and now it seems like, again, a quarterback who, after five or six weeks and not playing particularly well looked brilliant again last weekend what is the reason why they haven't been able to transfer any of that home form into the, onto the road for, for some teams I think it makes sense in that you know you've got players that are particularly quick and, and kind of almost reliant on dome perfect weather kind of artificial turf and it helps their, their quickness and their timing and all that kind of thing but the Saints actually have the kind of players that are built to succeed outside or, or on the road in grass. And, you know, Mark Ingram has been having a great season. There's no reason he can't dominate uh, outdoors or in, in ugly weather. You know, Drew Brees is obviously a kind of passing, a precision guy with high accuracy, and, and that's going to struggle a little bit outside. But he's more than seasoned enough as a quarterback to be able to succeed outside. And Jimmy Graham's a matchup problem, whether you're outside or indoors. So there's really no reason they shouldn't be able to succeed on the road. But for whatever reason, they just haven't. All right. Um, just to finish up on the Aaron Rodgers point then from that game, the uh, Packers, like the Lions, are this week on a bye, which is kind of perfect for them because they desperately need that not to be a serious injury if, mm-hmm. if they're going to be the team who looked brilliant for the four previous weeks. Sure. Uh, and the Lions have Megatron seemingly ready to come back as well. Um, so you're talking about divisions that, you know, are cluttered, but that the NFC North seems to be, it's going to be, you know, basically shoot up between Den- between Detroit and Green Bay for, for that, for that playoff spot. And I don't, you know, it like, it could go either way, I'd say. Like, uh, yeah. You'd like to think that both those teams end up making the playoffs though. Well, there's a lot of clutter there. Look at that. Look at that NFC West. Look at those! Look at those teams. Yeah, a lot of excitement there. No, Arizona. No, I'm I'm willing to bet now. No playoff team, uh, apart from the divisional winners, comes out of the NFC South. There's no wild card team. Uh, I will give you that. I will concede that to you. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I don't know. Look, it'll be close for. There'll be definitely one spot going. Are you not on the Arizona bandwagon? Well, uh, I watched that game, and um, I don't really know how Brown managed to make two of the catches that he made. Mm-hmm. You kind of think the first time you see him do that over the head flip over trick, you think. Maybe you should keep an eye on this guy. Mm-hmm. He's pretty fast and he can catch balls that are thrown over his head. Yep. So uh, they're probably going to try that again. They might. They were brilliant, in fairness. Yeah. The, that, that, uh, the bravery down the stretch there was, was really, I don't know, it certainly impressed me, Sam. Yeah, and it, that deep touchdown um, at the death was, uh, was such a nice play call. Um, it was a perfect kind of coverage beater. That it just hung both those defensive backs out to dry as soon as he turned that slant upwards um, and just split the two of them. Uh, the, the confidence to try that and to, to have your offensive line hold up long enough for that to develop because that, that's a route that takes a while to, to kind of get into the position where it's, where it's golden and then the throw to get it all the way there and then a fantastic diving catch at the end to make it happen. The uh, Cardinals 6-1 and one in the NFC West. The 49ers and the Seahawks both 4-3. and three. Seahawks getting back to winning ways last weekend. 49ers in a bye. This week, uh, Keen, the Cardinals are up against the Cowboys. It's the Cardinals at the Cowboys. It's unlikely to be the same Cowboys team that has terrorised the uh, NFC and generally uh, America so far this season if Tony Romo is not at 100% because... Uh, I've seen it said this week that Rome was playing some of the best football of his career after week one and suddenly he goes down with a separate back injury and everybody's like, ooh, they're just not the same team if that guy's not playing. Yeah, and if you're replacing him with Brandon Whedon, it's not a good sign. Whedon, if, if you're unfamiliar with him, he was terrible in Cleveland after being a first-round uh, first pick. He's 31 years of age and he's only been in the league for a couple of years. They, the Cardinals, to me, are a team that has continued to win but hasn't really continued to impress me. Like They have a, a ridiculous turnover ratio where I think Palmer has thrown one interception all year and they, they've only had maybe four or five turnovers in total all year, which is a crazy number. And it's, it's the kind of thing where that happens, but you can't really expect that to continue. And if, if that doesn't continue, I, I think they start to lose these close games that they've been winning. Uh, obviously, they've done so much to this point that they have to be a favourite for, at the very least, a wild card spot. But like, like, we, like we've discussed in the past, 
it, with the NFC West, there's not, they're not going to get any easy games, and they've still got to play the Seahawks and the 49ers again. So I, I do like the Cardinals, and I think they should fairly comfortably beat the Cowboys if the Cowboys don't have Romo. Maybe even if the Cowboys do have Romo and he's not at 100%, because he, as, as good as their offense is, we've seen that the defense is still kind of uh, limited in, in its, overall, uh, its overall impact. Like the, the defense needs the offense to be good for the defense to succeed. Sam, there's a case that this could be the uh, ultimate NFC Championship game. Say Romo comes back in a couple of weeks and is, is fit, and they, they have Jacksonville, I think, next. So maybe they lose this and win against Jacksonville, and, and then they have a bye. So they've, they could actually give Romo three weeks off and really lose one game, you'd, you'd expect. Okay, so you know, this is the NFL. Jacksonville could hammer them. Who knows? They could, they could whip the Cardinals this weekend and then lose to Jacksonville. That's how it might work. But if, um, like, they, they, they genuinely must believe that they have a chance of doing something very special this year, you'd be reluctant to rush Tony Romo back, right? Especially with DeMarco Murray still kind of grinding it out and still putting up such ridiculous numbers. They, they've been leaning on him so much that they might as well kind of, if, if it's the case of rest Romo for a week and have him healthy the rest of the season, then I think you almost have to do that. Um, if you're going to risk him Ling or drawing out this injury for you know a month or or a while, sticking him in there, then you're not really doing yourself much good, especially because he's a guy that does really seem to to play badly when he's asked to play hurt. Um, you know, some guys can go out there, play with a, an injury, play banged up, and still kind of get it done. Still, it may lengthen the amount of time that injury is going to linger with them, but at least when they're on the field, they're not actually hurting you. Whereas when Romo's bashed up he seems to play not like Tony Romo. So you're almost as well just sitting him down and accepting that, you know, it's going to hurt for the time he's not out there. Yeah. We're recording this on Thursday before we know the results of Tony Romo's MRI, by the mm-hmm. way, just in case he's gone for the season by the time he's <laughs> this. Okay. Well, what I would say, you were saying the same thing to do would be, of course, not to rush back your kind of star quarterback. But they rushed him back and brought him into the game against the Redskins. So, like, why... Why change that? I mean, why would you expect anything more? The big tragedy here, I think, if we can call it that, maybe it's a big word, is that Johnny Football did not selected <laughs> by Dallas and thus could not step in yeah. to Tony Romo's shoes and win the game for them. I know, it would have been amazing. I was just thinking, that, oh, maybe they could have traded for him on Monday and gone, <laughs> like, we'll give you a first rounder, who cares? Who cares? It's going to be a crappy first rounder anyway because we're going to win the Super Bowl. That's it, it's pick number 32. <laughs> yeah. So, like that, to me, I, you know, that would have been sweet. Instead, we're stuck with Brandon Whedon. Yeah, and we're stuck with Johnny Football on the bench uh, and no no, no sight in our side of him just yet. Forget about him. We've got Bortles, your boy. Uh, yeah. Stinking it up. Stinking, stinking <laughs> the joint out. Uh, okay, let's move on because um, that's that big game this weekend. Obviously, the biggest game this weekend for so many different reasons is the Pats and the Broncos. Um, uh, we got we got to talk about the quarterback situation at uh, at both of these teams, but in particular at the New England Patriots. Donnie, you were all about uh, having your boys back, and it turns out that Tom Brady's still good at football. Still good. Still fun. Look, there was a bit of overreaction, uh, I think, generally on this podcast towards the towards <laughs> the Brady situation, right? Now, it would be loathe of me to kind of just ridicule everybody after the Patriots. After the Patriots put 51 points up on the Bears, Rob, Bron- Rob Gronkowski is transformed into the 2011 version of, so- of himself. Now, I don't need to gloat or to sort of <laughs> just revel in the so moment. So you're going to do it anyway. Well, I'm just saying, look, we've got a tough game now. Denver are, are clearly like just two steps beyond everybody in the league. You know, They are by far the best team in the NFL. We're bringing them into our house. You know, if we, you know, maybe if we lose by touchdown, I think we take that as a good result. They're, you know, they're, they're at another level. We're just happy to be in the conversation again. I know, seriously. Just happy. So they're, they're, like the Peyton Manning is not listening to this going, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just like, but you have He's to be. Got them right where we want you them. have to be realistic with the Broncos. That, that is a serious team, serious outfit, solid defense, unstoppable offense. Uh, Ronnie Hillman's amazing. Ah, turns out. Monty Ball, not that good. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I, I mean, I, I believe the Patriots, or is it the Broncos, are favored by three in this game? I, three and I, and a half, I, I immediately went to three and a half. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'm. Like, like it's great to see. It was amazing to see that that Gronkowski touchdown where he just destroyed twenty, like the whole defense on Chicago. I loved it, and it, and it's nice seeing every, it's nice seeing Brady happy again. But like, you know, Denver is a big is a big task. Yeah, 
Um, Sam, any, any thoughts on the quarterback situation of the Patriots? <laughs> What's your Twitter timeline been like for the last uh, week and a half? Yeah, look, Brady's played fantastically in, in the whole month of October, actually. Um, his September was obviously pretty ropey, but for the last month, there probably hasn't been a better quarterback in, in the league. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that overall he's never going to kind of reach the, the peak he had when he was at his best, but it's also not to say that it'll continue for the next second half of the season. But right now he's playing as, as well as anybody. Yeah, I saw the stats for October and his and Peyton Manning's are almost exactly the same uh, in terms of the ridiculous high level of achievement. I think Manning had two interceptions and Brady had none. Maybe mm-hmm. was that, that was the only difference. But um, to, to actually talk, Ian, about what the different challenge that these two teams are going to give to each other, um, the three and a half points spread in favour of the Broncos, do you go along with that? Is that the right thing? Or uh, do the Pats actually deserve a bit more respect for what they're doing? Uh, no, I, I think I'd push it out the other way. I think they they'd even could even go to five or six points or even maybe even close to seven. I do think the Broncos as a, as a team, as a whole, are just so much better than the Patriots in terms of the roster. Like the, the defense for the Broncos this year has been fantastic. And the offense, while the offense isn't as balanced this year because the running game isn't as good, adding Sanders to, um, to Julius Thomas developing, Demarius Thomas developing still a little bit as well, has made their passing attack just so difficult to get to stop and match up to. And I don't think the Patriots have it on the defensive side to contain that. While they have, while the while the, the Broncos have the talent on the defensive side to contain the Patriots' offense. I know we can we can look at Brady's recent schedule, but a lot of it's been the defenses haven't been great. We we kind of we have a tendency to go to two extremes. We either think Brady's great or Brady's terrible. But he's been I think he's been somewhere in between over the last few weeks, and we're going to learn a lot more about him over the coming few weeks because the schedule gets a lot tougher. But I think the the thing we had to look at last week was. Frankowski was going against players who would probably wouldn't be able to cover me, you, or Sam, or Donnie. They mm-hmm. were just, the Bears linebackers are just awful. And it, it was just always going to be an awful matchup for them, and I don't think he'll have that advantage in this game. The Bears, uh, the Bears talked smack in, inside the, the changing room, and then uh, obviously it leaked, and I expected them to have a big response, and I expected Brandon Marshall to have a huge response, given he was the one leading the smack talk, and then, I don't know, was it maybe maybe he caught two balls last week, or maybe three, I'm not sure. You're, he's on your fantasy team, isn't he? Is, so uh, you, by, you probably know. I'm a bit biased. Uh, but they were terrible, and they've just been a complete joke for a team who preseason were like, oh, look at, look at everything they have. And Matt Forte is actually having a career season, and they still can't get anything going. Matt Forte looks, like, right. looks like the only player who cares, to be honest. The rest of them look like they've just given up, which is which is very disappointing because the offense, I thought the offense had the talent to be the best in the league with the, with the receivers they have at the tight end, with the running back and their offensive line is all right. Uh, it's always going to be blamed on Cutler, but I think the, just the coaching staff there doesn't seem to have done a good job. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I was just going to say that Marshall was the first guy this season to to really fall victim of of Revis Island back in the the way we expect Revis Island to look. He 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 completely shut him down. I think he was on him pretty much all day, and I think Marshall only got one catch against Revis, um, and and Revis picked a, a ball off. So if Revis can do that for the rest of the season, or even just for this Broncos game, that's a huge thing for the Patriots because. Coming into that game, he really hadn't looked like the the Darrell Rivas we expected to see. Yeah, that kind of transforms the Pats a little bit if if his form comes back to the level that it was at, because it allows him to do all sorts of different things and, and maybe put a bit more pressure on the quarterback, which uh, by all accounts they hadn't been very good at because there was a little bit of sense that maybe they were protecting Rivas a little bit. Or, or did I get that wrong? I think definitely having a if you get Rivas back to what he's capable of doing, that's that just makes everything so much better. It allows you to do an awful lot on defense. And if nothing else, it, he does have the capability to take away one weapon. Um, you know, against the Broncos, that's not necessarily as, as big of an advantage it is, as it is against some teams because they're well used to going to other weapons and they have plenty of them. But you know, if you can take away one guy from that offense, it's still obviously a, a better thing than, than having them all potentially run riot on you. All right, I want to talk briefly about the uh, Chargers-Dolphins game as well because um, Ryan Tannehill was on the verge of being sacked as the quarterback uh, four weeks ago, three weeks ago. Then he was amazing. And then last week he was like, hmm, again, that actual intermediate point between the two extremes. Um, and yet they managed to fashion the victory. So here's a, a proper test for them. Um, the mm-hmm. Chargers need to bounce back a little bit from their last couple of performances too. Yeah, be, I think the Chargers really need to win here because 
Kansas City Chiefs are emerging as one of the best teams in the AFC. They got hammered in that first game and uh, against Tennessee, and everybody just kind of thought they were going to be crap. But you know they were really good last year up until that Colts playoff game, and like you know they just seem solid. They've got the Jets this week. They're just beating up bad teams. The Dolphins, like you know, what are they four and three, Jerry? Like they're you know the, the Patriots have turned it around, but that division is far from one. Like. The, the Bills are hanging around, and if the Patriots are going to lose this week, if that happens, you know, if the uh, you know the Dolphins and the and the and Buffalo are kind of waiting there to pounce um, with some big divisional games to come, so like that, there's a lot on the line for both for San Diego and Miami in that game. Yeah, how about those Bills? I like I shouldn't be interested in the Bills because they're a divisional rival, but if I were to adopt a team. They would, they're the team that I, I – there's just something feisty about them, you know? Like the Jets kind of came at them and they got all emotional like they were coming back at halftime in that game. They just came out and killed them. Mm. Like the defense, they've got, they're kind of tough. Uh, what's his name? Watkins is really good. Uh, Orton. Sammy Watkins showboating four yards out. For <laughs> it would have been an 83-yard touchdown. Thanks very much. Uh, super extra bonus points? No. <laughs> well – he, the guy got excited. You can't blame him. <laughs> yes, he did. He, he also started to showboat before the amazing second uh, touchdown that he scored as well. I was like, hire so You've got to learn the lesson from the first time, which is not a good sign. I like Buffalo. I, I hope they kind of continue doing well. Um, just a quick word on the Kansas City Chiefs there because they probably don't get enough love. Uh, there's nothing showy. There's nothing flashy about Alex Smith. But um, there's plenty showy and flashy about Nala Davis' re- return, uh, kickoff return ability. And also, Jamal Charles is just... Uh, in that incredible form that he was for most of the last season as well, Sam. And they're a realistic team. They, like they're a team that have been around together for a couple of seasons. Are, are they well enough coached for them to be potential wildcard from that even incredibly difficult AFC West? I think they're well enough coached. The question is going to be, are they good enough at the quarterback position? You know, obviously, like you say, there's nothing at all flashy about Alex Smith, but he's usually steady enough and capable enough to just about get it done but that doesn't necessarily get you where you need to go especially in a, in a tough division like that they're going to need him at some point to have a couple of games where he plays above the standard Alex Smith baseline um, and that's the question is going to be is he capable of that This week they get uh, the Michael Vick show rolling into mm. Kansas City the, the poor Jets. I thought uh, I thought Rex was going to get fired this week. They were so bad. I don't know how he survives. I don't know how he survives. Like, what? Where is the low? Like, where is where is the the basement with the Jets? Like one and seven, terrible. I believe I was second up- time in history that you've had two quarterbacks have three turnovers in the same game. <laughs> That's crazy. Like you know, you know, had three turnovers in eight passes. <laughs> Like, I mean, like, is it, are these guys just bad or is there something, you know, is it like this sort of, is it kind of contagious? I don't think Geno Smith was, I mean, he seems like he's gotten worse from his rookie year, which makes no, like, none of it makes any sense. Harvin brings nothing to the team. Like, I, I, I mean, I love watching the Jets uh, implode, but I, I'm just surprised that it's happened again and again. Kian? Um, like, I'd say it's a back to the draft because in the draft, they had opportunities to grab a bunch of them. Like this year's draft was really strong in terms of wide receivers. At least it was perceived to be before the start of it. And it's kind of proven true now. We've got the guys like John Brown and Watkins was obviously the top. But you've got other players through the draft who have been performing. And they didn't really, they didn't add, they added Jalen Saunders, I think was the only player they took. And I think they've caught him since. And they've kind of, they invested in guys that like weren't going to really make much of a difference for them. Whereas they needed to bring in guys who could help Gino Help, uh, make, help the offense steady itself and become more of an actual, uh, not you can't really call it a juggernaut, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but more of a relevant unit rather than just a unit that's looking to survive off of, uh, off of all of Rex Ryan's defensive ability. I think Rex is getting away with the fact that Johnny Dick has looked like quite a poor GM to this point, and I think Rex, he's, he's probably still living off of, not, not his, uh, their trips to the AFC Championship because they've been so far away, they've kind of been forgotten, but the start of last year, when all the expectations were really, really low and he got the most out of the team that he had, I think that's probably still keeping Rex in a job, which probably shouldn't, but I think it, I, I don't have a major issue with him saying, I just think the roster has been so bad and it doesn't look to be getting any better. I just think the GM is the problem. Uh, is Rex a good coach? Like, will he, will he work somewhere else? Uh, he'll, I'd say he'll go ESPN and then kind of pick up some defensive coordinator gigs. He's a really good defensive coordinator. And he, like, is he, like, the thing is, like, People, the team, the Jets, like, 
that last year they really played for him. They really like united behind him. He got he got a team with Mark Sanchez as a quarterback to two. Is that AFC. after the toe sucking? Is that it was in the it was in the toe sucking era? So like you don't do like you can't do that by fluke. I don't think to, to, once maybe twice. I don't think so. Like he there has to be something behind Rex Ryan. But I like whatever it is, the magic is gone. You know. Uh, you mentioned Mark Sanchez there. The Eagles are uh, up against the Texans this weekend. Is it beyond possibility that? For all the 400-yard passing games, okay, one, that uh, Nick Foles has, that they just decide, okay, we've had enough of you. Thanks very much. Rich boy. Uh, chicken shit, I believe, is uh, how he was referred to by Buzz Bissinger. And we're going with this guy who everybody remembers for the butt fumble. Is it is it beyond the bounds of possibility, Sam, that we actually see Nick Foles benched at some point? I think it probably is. I think for better or worse, they're they're tied to Foles. And, and Chip Kelly does seem to be convinced that Foles is the best he can do. I think they, they've been firm all along that Sanchez is just a backup option. I think the only way we'd see him is if Foles did get hurt. Um, for all the bad of Nick Foles, and there's quite a lot of bad in there, um, I just don't think they're going to they're gonna try and go in another direction. I think they know that he's their best chance to win. This year? or like you Because know, apparently there are a couple of quarterbacks in the next draft. Is it possible that they've decided... He's our guy for now, but that it, it, there's the safety. There's actually less safety uh, in Nick Foles than maybe we would automatically assume from last year. He put up those ridiculous stats, and the, everybody's like, "Oh, this is great." The Eagles a happy-go-lucky story, and then suddenly this year they're supposed to be a team built to win. Yeah, definitely. I'm talking this year. I think it's perfectly plausible in the off-season. Nick Foles' job becomes pretty, uh, pretty thin. And I think it's a good. There's a good chance they look for a young guy in the draft. Um, someone who could potentially take over from him, even if it's not a an immediate challenger. I think his his job's definitely uh, iffier once we hit the off season. Maybe it's a sideline here, but like it's interesting. Speaking of you know going all in on rookie quarterbacks, this year's class has been terrible. Like there's Bortles, bad Bridgewater, not great. Um, Johnny Football, Johnny Football's around. waiting in the wings. Yeah, like it's. Well, uh, Derek Carr has been okay so far. The Raiders, who are so bad that it's hard to tell how bad or good he is. Yeah. So, you know, you know, coming from a time where Luck was cast right into it, Wilson eventually cast right into it, and those guys landed RG3. on the RG3. RG3. You know, the guys with making immediate impacts. It's been interesting to see that really the rookie quarterback class of whatever of this year just aren't really up to it, I don't think. They're that- all in pretty ugly situations as well, yeah. though, which is always worth Bearing in mind, um, didn't Peyton have a terrible first debut season? I think. Ooh. Cast my mind back to 1998 or something. I don't know. One quick word about the Seahawks here, because they managed to get the show back in the row last week. There was a bit of criticism that they didn't manage to put up huge points um, at Carolina, and yet nobody uh, really took into account that for whatever reason that game is always really low scoring and has been for the last three seasons. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a quirk of the two teams and the way they they work against each other. But are the Seahawks back? Is, is it fair, Kian, to think that whatever little speed wobble they've had is over and we, we need to expect them to annihilate the Raiders this weekend? It depends what your definition of back is. If you're asking me, are they back to being the best team in the league like they were expected to be, like they should prove themselves to be last year, it's a definite no. I don't think they're anywhere near that. I think they've actually fallen some distance behind the Broncos. If they're back to being a team that could easily turn around and win the division, could be... Uh, at one or two seeds in the NFC, I think that that's per- perfectly reasonable to expect. I think the signs are quite bad, but they're still one of the most talented teams in the league. So you you would expect them to turn it around. And the, the Cardinals and 49ers have well, the Cardinals have a good record, and the 49ers are known as a very good team. I don't think either of those teams are, are going to run away if the division was the also struggled. I'd feel better better about Seattle if a week could pass without some story about how a marquee player on the Seahawks hasn't fallen out with the rest of the team. Yeah. One week, a week yeah. could pass. Then I, I'd feel better about the situation. But then they start winning games and it's like, oh, it all brought us together. Uh, I mean, there's, there seems like there's a lot of acrimony in there for such a kind of enlightened team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We should get Mike Gervais back on the show. Folks, anything else you're particularly looking forward to this weekend or does that about cover us? It's all, Bra- all Brady and uh, Manning, of course. Sam, what about you? Yeah, it's, I think that's obviously the, the marquee matchup of the weekend. We don't need to look any further than that. Folks, thanks a million. Talk to you again next week. Cheers. Take it easy. Yeah.
you're very welcome uh, back. We've only been gone like, uh, you know oh, what I'm talking about. How are you doing? Mick has joined us, uh, angry producer Mick APM. And you should just try, change your Twitter handle to Twitter handle to, instead of at McCarthy Mick to at APM. If you could get a three-letter Twitter handle, one of the point, things I like about at McCarthy Mick was that it's a clear sign that I was there nice and early because Michael or Mick McCarthy wouldn't be the most unpopular name in the world. So. No, there's a lot he's about. So you know, having having even if it is backwards, you know, it, it it's a sign that I'm there early. We got a Saturday panel with you, Mick McCarthy, the manager of uh, Eastridge Town, former Republic of Ireland stalwart. Yep. and uh, one and of those Captain, Kerry footballers, Kerry legend, Mick McCarthy, Michael McCarthy, yeah. Mike McCarthy on that as well. Yeah, this was a. Am I in that in the mind that league now? Or number, do I just work here? Your numbers. You just work here. You, you, you would make up a trio and <laughs> be like, these two, and also this guy who you might know from this podcast. It's much cooler to be known as APM anyway. Yeah. Uh, we're all about the TLAs. Right, so uh, before we get to mixed picks, do we want to talk a little bit of fantasy? I, I roared back last week with two wins from two in, oh, uh, you're in back. both leagues. Welcome back. Wow, well played. After a one in six, three weeks. You did win with about five. 80 points in one of the leagues, I noticed. It was a, uh, it was a, it was a relegation six-pointer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I've, you know, you ride the waiver wire and you get Ronnie Hillman, you win the lottery, basically. Did you, uh, Denard Robinson, is he in your team He's as well? on my team now, yeah. I also have Andre Holmes and Alan Robinson starting yeah. this weekend. The Jacksonville Tigers need a big week for me. <laughs> Come on down, boys. Oh, because I'm, I'm playing you this week. This is my team. I started out 4-1. and one. There was criticism of the way I drafted, but I drafted a good team 4-1. Four and one. Four major injuries to my team now. I'm down. I've lost the last three. I'm staring relegation in the face, really, because I, I don't know if I can... Like, rescue it. I don't really know if I can rescue it. What so. imaginary criticism did you get? Uh, Jared called, he's like, that's a good team in 2011. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's true, actually. You had yeah. MJD, who else? I didn't have MJD. <laughs> Chris Johnson? No, I had... Um, Spiller? Sean Green. Frank Gore. And I had Victor Cruz oh, and yeah. Peyton Manning. Victor Cruz, disaster, right? He was like, he was all right, and the Giants were kind of coming around, and then he did his. I've lost him. I've lost Fred Jackson. I've lost Trent. Was out last week. Fred and, Jackson was the other old guy. Um, that was good. That was Fred Jackson was an excellent. But and um, Rashad Jennings, my genius keeper, he's been gone for a while. So you can't like you just can't in a league with fourteen teams. You just can't replace four dudes like that if you're at, twelve teams. That's a fourteen team league. It, so like you can't yeah so you can't just if you're at I was number two in the league yeah and the waiver wire is there's nothing there for you so now I've kind of slid back to the pack I'm coming for you well that's good I was be- trying to work out is it possible to go one and six and make the playoffs I, that's what actually, I did last week last year it, it yeah. Is, yeah and because in in that league uh, which is the league we tend not to talk about on this podcast um, there's like eight of the 12 teams make the playoffs. In the other league that we always talk about, there's only four teams making the playoffs from yeah. 12. That's insane. That's a bit weird. And my unstoppable juggernaut marches on. Yeah, we need it's, to change it, that. Is that what well, a juggernaut If only does? we had the influence of the commissioner. I mean, I, I know that everybody else who plays in the league listens to this podcast. They're probably the only people listening to the podcast, but uh, if they would like to. I looked into this after your, this was brought to my attention. Yeah. And it cannot be changed. What? It can't be you, changed. You completely screwed it up. You had one job. There's wow. a there's a consolation playoff there. I think it's just one game though. Ah, mm, I that's need, not good. I need to deal with it. The, don't worry, they're, it will be. They're both one. the two playoff games are both two weeks, which is interesting. Yeah, so uh, the semi final final. Myself and uh, you, and McKenna, the seven and or eight no. Um, he's so fluky. Whatever. Yeah, I like three weeks. I'm in projected. Row, he's won by, like, I, I'm projected to beat him by twenty points this week. Right, we're finally playing. I predict right here on this podcast that I will lose this week. Uh, I've got Matt Forte on a bye. He uh, like on on a week when everybody is on bye, he's got nobody on bye. Mm-hmm. Right. He might he might have a couple of like you know. I'm playing Donnie in the he has his in kicker, the league. I think is on bye. Coming for you, buddy. Both leagues. No, no, I'm playing um, Billy Joe Patton. Oh, okay, the, he the, he only beat me by seventy points last week. I was three and four. If I win that, I'm going to be ahead of him, and I'm like two games back from making the crappy fourteen playoff. But if you get into that playoff, you've got a good chance. Mm. My team is coming around finally. I'm still desperately short of a, a running back. I also stole Isaiah Kroll for. Uh, yeah, this was. I was supposed to the feel best ba- trade I've ever made. I was supposed to feel bad about this. I was, okay, so I trade a trade on Thursday night or Friday. Brian Quick, t- I'm taking him on. I'm giving up Isaiah Kroll. I'm not having a good year in this. Quick in this season uh, or in this league, quick catches one pass for ten yards and does his cruciate or something and is gone for the year. This is a dynasty league, so I don't really care, and I've already written off the year, so it makes no difference. But the fact that you are laying on this kind of look how smart I am, I got Isaiah Crow <laughs> who got one carry uh, last week who, who, on you. 
This guy had nine total yards last week. Quick, who played, who who caught one catch, actually had more fantasy points than your guy. They both had zero, right? And, well, no, I had one. You had zero or point nine. And now, I'm, like, are you? You're telling me you're going to start Isaiah Crow? He's in my it, team this week, buddy. Well, <laughs> He's in good, my team. Best of luck to you with that one, because I so I have picked up Terrence West. And I will start him in my league. Oh, yeah. Terrence West is going to beat Isaiah Crowell this week. But not in the long term. No. Isaiah Crowell is uh, he's, he's very good. Well, what, how are we judging the long term? The end of the season or the end of or 2018? Hey, man, or death. Rest of this before year, we die. beats West. And forever. Well, if we had No, a, not rest of this year. I'm not sure. But um, If we had a board, I would put it on a, that board. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I have Julio Jones on a bye in both weeks. And um, both, I'm... Both, both leagues. My, my patience is running thin with Julio. Yeah, I'm just that's a frustrating one. Like, him and Brandon Marshall. Do you still have Brandon Marshall? I do. Him, Brandon Marshall, and Roddy White are all on my bench uh, in one of the leagues this week. I'll tell you about patience. I had lost my patience with Julio Jones' quarterback, Matt Ryan, and I just said, F this, you're <laughs> gone. I'm bringing in my boy, Mike Glennon. Yeah. Uh, so I'm taking the bus up from Galway Sunday, keeping an eye on the score, and like a couple <laughs> touchdowns for Ryan. Yeah. Like, uh, you know... Maybe I'm pretty sure Glennon's going to do it right here against Minnesota. Um, I think he gets a, that late touchdown pass, like one of the last plays in the game, just to get up to maybe seven or eight points. One of the worst quarterback showings ever. I I, managed, I think I managed 49 points. So there's something to be said for patience and for um, I had big Ben on my bench guy. and Ryan Tannehill instead of him uh, in one league. But I did a, I did get rewarded for sticking with Andy Dalton, running into rushing pass, to oh, yeah. touchdowns. Which, if he hadn't got them, he would have had six points or seven points. Andy he's, Dalton, he's even though they won, does. still had an Andy Dalton game in that he tried to throw it away. He's he's rubbish. He's never he, if if he ever wins the Super Bowl, I will never watch a game of American football again. <laughs> the last by last, no one will remember that well, they made that. Uh, well, you two might, <laughs> unfortunately. My in my in this dynasty league, my last four weeks have scored fifty points, fifty one points, eighty four points, and sixty four points. So, <laughs> so and I'm still in playoff. Uh, contentious know, I've, won, I've won four I have a quick so. update on the trade of the century which you which oh, you cheating trade where you well, listen, to Marco Murray listen to this guy. listen to this right I am 2-0 since I've done it I'm still of happy course, with the trade you got to Marco Murray but listen I am starting to I am starting to think he got the better of this trade right <sighs> Gronk Gronk versus Zach Ertz is they're, in diff, they're on different planets you gave him, you gave him okay? Gronk Steve Smith has done nothing since mm-hmm. I signed him Cordero Patterson has suddenly come back to life he's still not lighting the world on fire I'd still rather have Steve Smith but that's not as lopsided as it was two weeks ago and Andre Ellington is a beast Andre Ellington is a guaranteed 16 points a game I have yeah. him in another league he's great Murray is guaranteed 22 a game that's not that big a difference the bi- that's a bigger di- that's a smaller difference than Gronk and Ertz Andre I'm starting to think Emmett might, may- might-, might have made a shrewd decision here and he gets to keep Ellington next year Ellington Arizona Arizona, yeah, yeah. yeah. monster game played really well. Not Nathan Ellington, as I can't stop calling him, who was an average Cardiff City footballer who played for. Why did you? Uh, why did you? Yeah, I, so you swapped Ellington for Demarco Murray. Yeah, yeah, he was part of the deal. I had to give up some. I had to give up somebody. Yeah, so it's, like I lost Ellington and Gronk. You know. Yeah, at the height of Demarco Murray madness, when he was clearly the number one guy, maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, now, and then maybe, Foster. Yeah, so and then Gronk also. I mean, hit the stratosphere last week. Now. He's coming back to earth at some you point. I presume so. So I, uh, after my Tim Wright and Austin Safari and Jenkins, that you were both laughing at me the last time we were on the podcast, mm-hmm. both went out and caught touchdown passes. Sorry, listen back to that podcast. I said I told you not to rule out Tim Wright. Uh, so I dropped him and replaced him with Kyrie Robinson, who then was mm-hmm. ruled out through injury. And then picked I picked him back again and dropped Kyrie Robinson. I did. Uh, <laughs> Tim I did. Wright. Yeah, I picked. Oh, that was up. happening. Yeah. Oh. you missed it. You would have got him. Of course, I, you would. I got to keep an eye. See, on the thing is that. Um, because Gronk is so amazing, it's like this week or next week that he's going to do his ACL and stop, break his elbow and stop stand Stop it. He's def- I'll, he's... I'll have Tim Wright ready to go. Oh, yeah, but see, the, their whole thing will collapse once Gronk, once Gronk goes. Well, so yeah, but he might not go. Oh, but if he does go. Like they've got to get by Denver and then they're on by. Just don't get injured this week. I just want to tell the ultimate fantasy football story uh, this weekend, right? we have. I'm in a, a league that there's uh, three brothers in, actually, and um, we were... Uh, one of them. Just to confirm, Mick is in a third league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in three leagues. Yeah. I was, anyway, and <laughs> I was in three uh, leagues last year. It was too many. It's too many. It's, it is a bit much. I'm like you know half dead here. Anyway, we one of the one of the brothers is uh, living abroad. He was home for a wedding that we were at this weekend, and on the Sunday night with the bank holiday and everything, everybody in that league or most people met up, and we watched uh, in a red zone in a pub. 
anyway, so at one stage of the night, we're having a drink, and one of the brothers is talking to the now emigrant, and kind of it's this sort of emotional sort of moment about life, love. It's probably the biggest heart to heart they've ever had in their lives. And when it comes for Niall to respond, his exact words were, "A mad Bradshaw, fucking five yards." <laughs> Oh no, I was listening to you. I was listening to you. Fancy football is more important than life, is basically the point. It's that. a bit of a disaster how addictive this nonsense is, really. It is the thing that has made NFL the massive, all conquering global beast that it is. I think so. I think really that's really all it's about. Because I mean, ultimately the games are weird. Like as we were talking <laughs> earlier on about the Steelers. That makes no sense. Yeah. No. They're supposed to be zero crap. points, the Colts. Uh, conceded the week before I'd find it hard to really like to name 10 de- defensive players in the league and I watch a lot of NFL like seriously and every single one of them that gets good goes down yeah. like I was watching the um, the Cowboys game on Monday night Tuesday morning and they had this guy whose name escapes me now middle linebacker who was having an absolute stormer disappears in the middle of the fourth quarter they don't mention it until overtime anyway he's out for the season you know that's just this just keeps mm. happening like I picked um I just realised I picked Kyrie Robinson back up as well. <laughs> so he's been in and out twice now. <laughs> as back. well as Tim Rice, yeah. For tonight's game. Is uh, he back? Uh, I don't know what the hell to do with that. He, I, I don't know. But he's he's projected to earn 10 points by ESPN. Those, whoever those predictor dudes are. I've Drew Brees in two leagues. And I've got Greg Olsen as my all-conquering tight end in the league I'm actually good in. I hate having guys on Thursday nights. Ah, Whatever, you gotta you got to pick them. Mm. Oh, of course I do. Yeah, I'm not going to drop True Breeze. I was excited to get Charles Sims in a league this week. Oh, yeah? The yeah. most hyped footballer of all time. See, he's he's like, like a cross between catch. Andy Reid and Wes Houlihan. He's never played a oh, game ever. Oh, sorry. Sims is the, the Tampa running Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Who Doug might Mo- not even play. Doug Morton's walking around with the, the moon boot on. The moon boot, so somebody's got to play. Bobby well, Rainey. I'm hoping. Bobby Rainey's going to have a 600 yeah. yards. I have, I've got him in all my teams. I've Joyke Bell and Eddie Lacy on by at the same time, and I've got no other running backs other than Andre Williams. So I picked up Rainey and hoping for the best, really. I suppose I have, I have to start him. Oh, yeah. he's. Um, I've been on that Bobby Rainey train desperately but hoping Doug he's going to get the arse, isn't he? Yes. Like, he but never does Bay anything. But they're a pain in the ass, in fairness. Yeah. One good thing is the, Louis Murphy. I picked up. Oh, I've got him. They probably uh, got one yard. Oh, they, one uh, <laughs> the with the time difference is, has been half by, or has been sliced by an hour. So oh, it's if, brilliant, isn't it? If you want to watch the the Saints and the Panthers, side, it starts at eight thirty or whatever. Or mid, sorry, twelve thirty. So it's better than one thirty. Yeah, it's an hour. It's still, it, you're still a, a, a zombie tomorrow in work, which obviously I none of us condone. Uh, Mixed picks. Very, very briefly, my wide receivers on by this week, Calvin Johnson, Sammy Watkins, and Julio Jones. So I think um, uh, Jilly Joe Patton has a pretty good chance of winning that one. I beat Mossy Quinn last week. Obviously, well he ended up winning the Dublin County Championship the next day, so he probably yeah. had other things on his mind. Or maybe he was spending the whole weekend yeah. worried about that. Maybe he was on his mind during the game. I had uh, my first buy from my magical list of running backs uh, of Forte, Bell, and Lebian Bell, and, no, and uh, Ellington. All right. um, with uh, Alfred Morris coming in who ran himself back into form on Monday night yeah. good man Alfred know. after doing nothing for four or five weeks uh, Alfred Morris and Doug Martin for Lamar Miller I'm, I've been offered that I'm a Lamar Miller owner I take that Morris is good Morris and who? Morris is better than Miller he's too, too ranked twice too... they don't always run uh, Lamar Miller is the only functional back that the Dolphins have Mm, Morris is the only well Hello is a pass catcher Morris is, Morris is as good as a number one guaranteed number one as you'll get maybe outside of Forte Lamar Miller and Miller yeah more Miller points. now that Moreno's down does he have more points yeah he's ahead of him mm, we'll see uh, where that ends up alright so a bit of controversy about mixed picks last week you were all trying to diddle me out of my uh, was. Houston Texans pick sorry about that but I did actually pick them yeah you did you two kind of were like purring after oh, that's a good pick that was a good pick. I, I Shame about the other Donnie ones. Austin. And you, there was you. You listed about seven picks that you wanted to make. Yeah, they were all wrong. And then <laughs> you got right at the end. <laughs> it's true. You you listed the um the the Houston and uh, Tennessee game, which you got right. And sorry, I got bored listening to your seven mistakes <laughs> and forgot to <laughs> my, make note of it on our internal email. So my my picks: Jacksonville plus six versus Miami was a loss. The Ravens plus one versus Cincinnati was a loss. Shouldn't have been a Shouldn't loss. Shouldn't have been a loss. And then, but that was a game to stay away from. It was Houston. Always going to be that game. Against, I can't even remember. Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Tennessee. Mettenberger. So, 
That was good. Okay, backing against Mettenberg. I went one it? and two. My win was I, I the Colts. Like how the hell thought that was going to happen in Pittsburgh? And I can't remember what other game I lost. It was Detroit. Oh, for, Detroit for the second week in a row down cover and win by one point. Bloody hell. They, well, the fact that they got anywhere near yeah. that was a miracle. Yeah. But still, though, uh, when you see the final score, because I fell asleep during the second half of that game, being I missed honest. The, I missed the whole controversy about uh, the kicker missing the kick and the, the delay of game penalty, and then they get to take it again. Yeah, he iced himself. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but he missed it. He missed Why it? don't more... And then I, he made it from five yards. Uh, five yards back, I don't... Yeah, very strange. They, they, Detroit. That's the drug cheap Det- dude, isn't it? Mount Prater, yeah. yeah, yeah. Detroit uh, and kicks this year has actually just been hilarious. It's like a little book all on its own. What you know, the ice and the kicker. I know a coach didn't do it there, but you know, like it's been proved that it's completely pointless, right? Well, but how about this? How about stand there with the timeout thing and the referee and be really obvious about it and then not call it? Would that be better? I don't know. Make. I mean, you I'm should, sure it's been tried. You should do a little video and send it to uh, each of the thirty-two. Mm. Uh, I'll send it to Mike McCarthy, the uh, Green Bay Packers head coach. And he might replace me if he's available oh, for that yeah. panel. Uh, There's another one, yeah. Well, that would, he would work. <laughs> yeah. So I get the Green Bay Packers head coach. My uh, for Roger. And I agree producer Mick. Oh, no. No, he's bumped. He's what? actually producing. Don't forget the Leinster lock. Oh, yeah, Jesus. He's actually more likely than the Green Bay Packers. A little uh, bit more likely. Yeah. Uh, I also had the Patriots, which I, I went against my own advo- advice and picked, and, but they, they didn't really give me much trouble. They were actually pretty awesome. The Bears are terrible. Yeah. I backed Tampa Bay stupidly. I backed the Jets Even really more stupidly. stupidly. <laughs> Although that game looked You like went for two one and six teams at, halftime, at uh, home, minus yeah. three. And then I took the Saints wisely, and they put 20 points on the... Uh, that was a weird game. Well, the scoreline flattered them, but I'll take it, you know. It's so weird because I I had assumed they'd kill them over the course of the game, but then actually, as I was saying earlier, I like just, seeing college guys that were really famous in college and come to the NFL, and it doesn't look like it's going to suit them come back. So we had Ingram this week, and we had Colt McCoy this week as well. Colt McCoy, I really re- like, like I remember when he, him and Tebow were going up against each other when he was in Texas. You know, no, I don't, I I don't even really that's... watch college yeah. football. Like I'm not like it, they were around the same time, is what I'm trying to say, but. Uh, yeah, it's funny. He's got a couple he, of weeks he, now where he's going to get a chance. No, right? Griffin's nope. starting. Nope, this week. Really? Yeah, yeah. does not announce today. I missed that. Yep. All right, well then I'm going Vikings. <laughs> really? Pick him. There's no way. He's He's been awful. He hasn't. So for the start of the season, he was awful. He was one game, us. and then game two, he was playing great, and he, he hurt himself. Mm, so he was terrible in a full game. And then had like a good quarter. Right, we'll see. He's a better quarterback than Colt McCoy. I believe I predicted on this podcast that RG3 would never play another game for the Redskins. He did, <laughs> yeah. actually. I remember. Yes. <laughs> well, good prediction so far. Good of you to bring that up as opposed to... Uh, it's it's, it's about as good as our bloody records. Anyway, I think... Anyone who's keeping track at home, the records haven't changed. We were all 1-2 last week. As it stands, Jer will be receiving the Gatorade bath. Yeah, both. <laughs> keep forgetting this is actually... Come on, let's make our picks. There's a reason for this. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns minus 6.5. I hate you, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You were so boring and awful and ruining football. And uh, we're actually quite good last week until Austin Safari Jenkins fumbles his third. You just love saying that name. I think. You got him into so much conversation. Can I just say this? You were ridiculing me for taking the Bucs, but they did this comeback and the, the, the game is tied and all they have to do is, is, get, is get, yeah, get the field goal to win the game. And what happens? They don't. You would have got a Austin Safari and Jenkins. I would have at least got the tie, but Jared's yeah, or they could have actually won the game. Or what actually good. happened, Donny? Well, they lost the they game. Lost the game. Well, you are you've invented this game of moaning about how close you were to winning games. If only this, that, or the other thing had happened, and I just wanted to. Yeah, win. that's fair. Yeah. I've Gordon invented back. that. I think we all do that. Two week weeks. 12, I think. Yeah. Week, no, week eleven 10. or twelve. Week eleven. He was out for ten weeks. Yeah. So uh, minus six and a half points, Cleveland Browns. Thank yeah. you very much. Okay. Uh, I noticed as well that the line on the bookmakers that we use hasn't changed when it comes to the Denver Broncos at the New England Patriots. Okay. It's Denver Broncos minus three. That's an extra half a point. Yeah. So I'm fucking riding that train, baby. Okay. Denver minus three. Yeah. Round. On the road. Backing against the Patriots in Foxborough. Well, four in a row. And I am Patriots don't going lose in Foxborough. For Is that a night game? No. Oh, uh, what? Nope. 9.25. Okay, well, at least I can watch it. That's a great time to watch game. Yep, I know, it's just Patriots play better in prime time. I Sometimes. am going to go with the Houston Texans plus two against Ooh, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, riding those Texans. 
stupidly, instead of picking the St. Louis Rams plus 10, which was my actual. Who are, who are Houston playing? Eagles. Well, chicken shit. <clears throat> call, I'm calling you, boy. Well, I'm going to call you on that one because I have backed the Eagles in this yeah. game. Mine is two on the road. I don't buy I don't, I don't buy the Texans at all, I think. JJ, what's I don't, going buy, for I don't buy the Eagles. I don't buy either of those things. I like, I like the Eagles putting up some points here. Mine's Darren Spoles is back. I like... That was, it's a bad... It's a Jadavion Clowney Sorry, also Nick, played a little Nick, bit last Nick, week. Nick Foles threw the ball 60 times last that's week. Fine. That's insane. Well, that's fine. That's a big number. Well, every time McCoy runs, he runs into like six or seven different people and yeah. loses the yard. <laughs> 60 times it, a lot in a game of football. You shouldn't even have the ball for 60 times. There's six teams on by this weekend. It's a difficult week to pick games, I would say, looking at some of these spreads. I'm going to back some of the bigger spreads. The Chiefs, who are red hot, and taking care of business at the moment, are welcoming the terrible Jets. Now, maybe the Jets are due a kind of... Um, we're not dead. Uh, yeah, we're not dead. We've, we're going to kind of turn up here, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I, I, I like that pick. I, the, I'm done back at the Jets. They're the, done. the Chiefs uh, D, which was like, oh, everybody's retired. They're terrible. This is a joke. First week, oh, we were right. Mm. Now everybody's totally wrong about that. They're, all, they're pretty serious. Michael Vick is starting this week. He has played quarter here and there this year he's in the top five guys in the NFL and fumbles <laughs> he's not playing well he will he's, get you he's, he's honestly played like you know 10 minutes of football he will get you 60 yards five. rushing to undo the minus two you get for each fumble so you yeah. know you, you start the game yeah. even with the fumbles and if he throws a touchdown pass get you six points yeah I like the Four. Bengals minus 11 against Jacksonville as well I just I just think Jacksonville are pretty bad. I mean, that's I think that's just they're just going to lay it on there, you know. Oh wow, that's in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville defense has been all right lately. Okay. They're getting their yeah. The Jacksonville games. defense is quite good, and then Blake Bortles throws the ball straight to somebody <laughs> true, yeah. who's running towards him, and yeah. he runs it in. It's exactly like everybody. I, I everybody was picking up the Bengals defense on fancy this week and I was looking at them and they're like ranked 18 or something they're yeah, terrible yeah. but everybody is starting them this week they're playing Jacksonville it's, Yeah, it's like printing money it's like if you haven't played Jacksonville yet you're in a false position <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh, Yeah. So. alright so Eagles Kansas City and Bengals That's three me. covers and two of them big ones mm-hmm. okay I'm gonna go for San Diego on the road in Miami. Yeah, I had that circle too. Plus one point five. I think they'll win the game. Ooh, I like Miami there, but I, I have uh, I have plus two point five. I have one point five. I have San Diego Chargers at Miami Dolphins plus two point five evens minus two point five five to six. That's what it says on our list here. Yeah. Okay. Well, where did I get the bookmaker? From? We is, use? There, is tonight's game one point five. Tonight's game is minus three. Are you looking at it there? I I printed it literally right, seconds okay. before. Sorry. Okay. Well. Okay. That actually changes things. <laughs> You're getting an extra point. Oh, I am, of course. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry. Well, I'm definitely taking it then. I was say. Uh, anyway, so San Diego plus yeah, 2.5. We could have cheated that oh, one. Right. <laughs> Mace got um, these mysterious spreads in his head. I'm going to take Robert Griffin the third. Oh, oh, yeah. So dumb. On the road against the <laughs> terrible Minnesota Vikings. Oh, I don't know about that. At a scratch game. Well, we'll see. Their defense was good. They played very well against Dallas. Complete fluke. Watched one off. game. Just a nonsensical. It wasn't a fluke, it's, it's, though. They played really well. Cole it, McCoy, though. He's the X Factor. It's He's just the NFL. It's just uh, that might be the meaningless. Case. Yeah. Then again, right? They're going here, right? They've won two in a row. They win this. They go on a bye. They have Griffin playing even better. They've got Deshaun Jackson playing out of his mind. They've got Morris. They're playing the Vikings. They'll go three in a row. They'll go into their bye week four and five. With a chance. With a chance. In no chance in that. Because no, the Cowboys are going to... Uh, Cowboys are five and two now. Yeah. Cowboys are going to get to ten. Yeah, no. Well, look, they'll think they have a chance. So I think they're going to win. They're gonna Cowboys are Jackson business. on next week, as we were saying earlier on. They're going to lose this week to Arizona, though. Yeah, so Arizona. Cowboys lose this week, win next week against Jacksonville, and then they've got the bye. They're in the bye, six wins. Arizona's a team I really wanted to back this week, but it didn't. My didn't next they? pick was going to be... The terrible Oakland Raiders plus 15 at yeah. the Seattle Seahawks. I like the sound of that. But I bottled out of it because you never know. The Seahawks could run amok on them and the, they won't the Raiders run amok. are just terrible. They definitely won't run amok and there'll be garbage time points for... I was looking at the Raiders results. Homes. They, Raiders tend to not get blown out but lose all the time. Like they're, yeah. I think there was a game against San Diego where they got killed. Or maybe it was Miami. But anyway, they, they kind of keep it close. But That was lose. a London game against Miami. Uh, yeah, that's right. And, yeah. Uh, they've actually played quite well against everybody else. And they, they ran the Patriots really close. Yep. They're in Seattle, though. And Seattle are having like an awful few weeks. And like everybody's against them. And Marshall Lynch is fighting. Know, they don't and... even have a different time zone. Mm. 
It's not far. They're not very far away from each other. Those places actually, but it, quite far. Yeah, well, they look closer. Four thousand miles. <laughs> well, there's nothing over there. They're close in the in an Irish way that like Cork and Galway are close. Uh, that's, what a, that's what an American. I'm still, <laughs> not, I'm still not going to do it. I'm going to go with Donny and take the Eagles. More Donny goal. You're just claiming Canada there. No, but you? what you're, I'm trying to say is, uh, oh god, I've got three road teams. Now, here. an American would say, oh look, Cork and Galway are close. They're in the same kind of part of the world. Yeah, but they are pretty close. Exactly. And in an American, on the other hand, Oakland in an American way, Oakland not close. But Mick just Northern California, three hours. Yeah, Portland. I might be thinking of in between. Yeah, I'm thinking of Portland. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm taking San Diego, Philadelphia, and Washington. All right, so we're zero and nine for the week. Then that's the looks like. Well, no, we can't because we're picking against each other. So oh yeah, okay. all right. Unless it's a cover, so zero eight and one. Right, thank you very much. Hit us up at Off the Ball for all your complaints. Uh, he's Donny Manny. He's been directly on Jerry. We'll see you next week.